What is your preferred methodology when it comes to capturing, learning, retaining and applying new knowledge in order to catalyze your learning potential within different roles? If you had to create a universal toolbox of crucial skills all students must learn, what would they consist of to help gain a competitive advantage in the market? What's your approach to making complex concepts like tech sales accessible and engaging for young learners? We interviewed Ryan Van, who is a fellow admissions manager at EarlyWork. Ryan has actively delivered exceptional value to early stage startups to innovate and scale their business operations to the next level. And it's also part of the co-creation of Australia's first success-based tech sales bootcamp. Moreover, he shared his experiences within his core areas of sales and marketing, actionable tasks organizations must commit doing to build a solid brand equity online, and his effective approach when it comes to acquiring new knowledge. This is the Brightness Unleashed podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us on the Brightness Unleashed podcast. It is awesome to have you here tonight. Let's dive right into a bit about your career background. So you've been instrumental in scaling various types of organizations or startups in two different spaces. We've got marketing and sales. Could you just briefly walk us through uh, your career journey from working with Australia's largest football team and then making that transition into scaling lead gen channels at early work? And if you can give us a bit of a background of what early work is for people who may not know. Yeah, so... Where do I even start? Um, no, so I'll start with the early work part first and then I'll go into the career journey. Um, basically, yeah. at early work, we are building the fastest, fairest pathway into tech. Um, so for people who are keen to get into like tech and startups, uh, basically just building out the school to help people get into like non-technical roles and specifically focus on that. Um, our like differentiator is in our like business model, which is completely success-based. And so we're big believers that like incentives kind of should be aligned. And at the moment, started off with sales, have had around kind of like 70 plus people go through the program, um, 50 plus people have kind of landed roles. But ultimately what that means is like you're not kind of paying for that program until you land a role. Um, and it's overall just like a really kind of good process of actually just like de-risking uh, that as like a potential career rather than, you know, working in a job for three to six months and you're kind of like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. And then you have to start the whole job search again. Um, and so that's a little bit more in terms of like early work, um, around like my journey. So, um, yeah, graduated high school in 2018, uh, and I actually studied like really hard, um, because I wanted to become like an investment banker and, uh, pretty much, yeah, like your typical, like teenage boy who'd seen Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I was like, okay, this is like the life. This is what I want to do. Got about like six months into uni. And I was like, yeah, no, this is, no, I can't, I don't want to do it. Um, and so this is like my whole life had gone up to this point. And then I was like, well, I don't know, where should I go? was fortunate enough to have like solo traveled a bit before then, met a few people that are a bit older than me, kind of in the hostels, things like that. Um, and a lot of them were kind of just like, you know, just take a bit of time off, take a gap year off kind of work and like study and just generally see how everything's going. Um, and so pretty much like I'd always been directionally a bit more interested, always like kind of talking with people, always liked, you know, sports. And so the first kind of logical thing was like, everyone's like, oh, you should work in sales. And so I did door-to-door sales, did that for like a week. I was cooked. And then I was kind of fortunate enough to actually get like an internship, uh, which is like on the phones and like selling memberships um, at Sydney FC. And so I did that for a few months. And then I was like, 
yeah, I don't know if I really like like this direct sales kind of position, uh, at least selling like B2C. And so how like startups and marketing even came about was like, it wasn't even on my radar at all. Um, basically, I went to a startup event and it's probably the first one I ever went to on this gap year. Uh, and I was funnily enough, like how to get a job in a startup. And one of my friends like recommended me to, to go to it. And I went to kind of see the one of the people that was speaking on the panel afterwards. His name was like Tom. Um, and basically, yeah, he's like the CMO at like LawPath, which is a company that I started at, worked there for kind of like one and a half, two years. And so um, in that time, like I literally like, I have a YouTube channel, which is like gaming videos. If anyone can find that, like bonus points to you. But I like actually like funnily enough, always had this kind of like marketing, like sales, content creating kind of like background, but like I just never really wanted to tap into it. And so working in marketing, um, basically like how I started, it was just like literally like one day a week, like unpaid, like intern. And then over time slowly went to like one day paid, two day paid, three day paid. Um, I learned just like a ton uh, working across a bunch of like paid channels, working across like content, work across socials and just like learn a ton from that. And so I'll, um, I'll keep it brief there. There's a few more steps in the career journey, which I'm sure we'll cover off a little bit later, but, um, that's, that's more so how I kind of got started in like the marketing and startup space. But like summarizing that though, uh, I love like working in tech and like startups and, and that space more broadly. I think it's like just such a broad field. But I could probably spend so long in and it's more so just about deciding like, you know, marketing, sales, building enough career capital there. So, um, no, it, like 99% of people just kind of like stumbled into it. But um, big believer that kind of like, you know, passion and enjoyment comes from kind of like competence uh, as well in something. So that's kind of how that all happened. Um, but no, it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride. Had a few extra speed bumps along the way as well uh, to get to here. But um, no, it's been, it's been good fun. Mm, okay, so you've kind of tapped into like different fields and, you know, you said that while you're working towards, you know, hopefully kind of figuring out a place that you can actually situate in, for example, it might have been Stepin when you're at that startup or even focusing on your podcast before the Marketing Insider. Now, eventually you're at Early Work, which is a fantastic platform for people who are interested in tech sales. Um, what was that light bulb moment, Ryan, or that aha moment where you're like, you know what, while I'm kind of shifting towards these different spaces of work or different avenues, personal growth or that mindset or that as you, your keyword career capital is something that's really valuable for me to kind of work on throughout my life. Where was that aha moment where you're like, you know what, I really need to focus on myself, upskilling myself and becoming the best version of myself. Was there a switch at some point? Yeah, I think there's, there's something there. So funnily enough, I think like a lot of my, <laughs> I don't know if like you guys relate to this, but like, I think a lot of my ambition was, uh, like for context, like I'm an only child, like first generation, uh, like Asian Australian. I was like reflecting back on this actually. I think a lot of my ambition and drive in the first few years of my career, funnily enough, actually probably just came from like a, I don't know, lack of like validation from like my family when I was younger. I don't fucking know, probably. But, um, I say that it's like a bit of a meme, but it's probably like semi true. And I was like, well, where, where can I like at school? It was like, you know, seeking that and like studying hard, getting marks. And then as soon as I graduated from high school, I was kind of like, well, where else, what other arena can I like get that, you know, uh, like a gratification from? And it was like easily like my work and my career. And I think that's what kind of motivated a lot of that like personal growth, a lot of the networking, like funnily enough, but probably at like the start of my career. Um, I'd say the real turning point though, I don't have the book cause I give this book out to like everyone. Like I always lend it out is like, there's a really good book called, um, 
so good they can't ignore you by Cal Newport. Um, I'd recommend like everyone, like at least read like a Spark Notes version of that. But uh, ultimately, it's like this concept that um, at the end of the day, you work in a, well, the, the concept is like not like the, the common kind of like pedagogy in terms of careers is like to find yourself. And so it's like, you know, experiment with a bunch of things, find your it, like what's your it? Uh, basically in the book, he kind of flips it on his head. I probably read this from like two years ago now. Uh, and he says, it's not about like finding yourself. It's about like making yourself. And it's like, at the end of the day, like what you kind of get paid for is skills and skills equals like career capital. And so instead of trying to like pigeonhole yourself into this specific role to become like a very, you know, valuable employee or a valuable consultant, uh, which is ideally where I'd kind of strive to be. Um, there's obviously quite a lot of personal growth that goes along the way there, but um, it was like, what kind of skills can you develop uh, in terms of like career capital that you can then leverage and trade in for future roles that are like high paying, more flexible, do more consulting gigs and it opens up like a wider range of optionality as well. And so I think that's generally been my, my big motivator for all of this personal growth and, and this kind of stuff is um, ultimately I, I'm just on a, on a real big quest to just acquire as much like career capital uh, as, as possible um, as I am now and still live like a very good life and still be in the moment. But I think, you know, I, I've always gone with the mindset that like I didn't plan where I was today, you know, two, three years ago. I just kind of went with the approach of like, just follow where I'm curious, keep building skills and like people will find me valuable um, as well. And so that's generally like always been my mindset with a lot of these things. And so I think a lot of that, like the aha moment, I think is probably reading that book, to be honest, uh, it says the, the big one, like it was a very, like I was reading that and I was just like light bulbs going <laughs> off everywhere. And I was like, oh, like, wow, this is like so good. Cause like you go to uni and they're all kind of like, yeah, oh, you know, just kind of like experiment, try out a bunch of things, like try out a yeah. bunch of things and see if you can like find your ear. And I'm like, well, what, what if I have an ear? <laughs> like, I don't know if I have an ear. I'm interested in like so many different areas. And so I think like a lot of that personal growth, I think like having the big picture of like career capital and like trading that in. And ultimately I get to want to reach the point where it's like when I'm 30, like 35, um, it's like not retiring, but I think it's purely just like having the optionality uh, of being like, if I want to work, I can work. If I don't want to work, I don't, I don't need to work. Um, mm. And it's like, how can I cry that much like, well, money capital it's like having enough career capital basically it's kind of my mm. mindset so that's where a lot of that like personal growth personal development like that kind of stuff comes from yep I, I love i love the idea of the the career capital value i first saw you post out about it on linkedin and then i went back and had a look at where's this <laughs> where's this terminology from career capital i swear to god i've heard this and actually i do listen to cal newport sometimes on his podcast um and he's a fantastic guru for productivity personal development a lot of inspiration and i am mm. fond fans of him um and yeah relating to your idea on upskilling and kind of following your intellectual curiosity in life i think a lot of the students who listen to this podcast are people who are wanting to reshape their potential, become the best version of themselves tomorrow. And anyone can start doing that by just taking that action, not doing it passively, but doing it actively um, every single day. And what you just alluded to, Ryan, is all about upskilling 
Absolutely right. Because I think in today's workforce, it's all about transferring your skills to the next opportunity. People want to know what skills can you sell to me today? What output can you generate tomorrow with the skills that you have today? I've been asked questions like that all the time. And I've just now, you just alluded to kind of, you know, upskilling for the betterment of tomorrow. You're absolutely right, man. And I think a lot of our students, primarily from university, first year, second years, I think it's a good reminder uh, for them to, of course, read the book that was written by Cal Newport but also thinking about this journey of upskilling, you know, career capital is an infinite game. And I think it's really important to leverage that as much as possible when you're young, you know, like, like us in our twenties, you know, I think it's important for everyone to kind of think about that for the betterment of their future. But Ryan, I know that you've been working in a lot of different experiences, like from starting your own podcast working at Stepin, now working at Early Work, and you're still in uni while doing all of these different things. And this is something that we find to be extremely commendable for people like you, man. Um, as a question, I think someone in their audience might be thinking about this equilibrium of balance between work, study, social life. Is there a particular system or method that you've been using throughout your own life that helps you kind of schedule time for work, being really productive there, spend your time with, you know, your family, friends, etc.? How do you figure out this balance or what method do you use to kind of make sure there's an equilibrium in your lifestyle where you don't feel too overburned or stressed? How what system do you use? Yeah, so uh, I like. I probably have like an inner type A, but um, I'd say I'm pretty like laissez-faire when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I think like I, I, I like turn it on when I need to. Um, I, I'm a like big believer in kind of like at the moment uh, and currently where I'm at. Like obviously the career capital and the skills part is a big thing where, where I spend a lot of time and like where I spend quite a lot of focus. But more importantly, I like at a, a high level, I just want to always optimize my time spend for like optionality and like choice and so i hate like i'm a big believer and like my probably two priorities at the moment is like building really strong like connections with like friends family and then i think building those like skills side of things and so i think ultimately like when it comes down to it <clears throat> uh, how i end up like planning my week i'm a big believer in like from that connection standpoint and making friends that like spontaneity is kind of the key to like actually building like really deep friendships really deep relationships and so it sounds really minor but like I generally, like, I actually don't, or, like, it seems like I do a lot of work, but I actually don't do that much work. Uh, well, I do, but I just didn't, like, I don't work, like, until 11 p.m., like, every night. Like, uh, like the best thing that you can do, especially in uni, is just, like, get really good at, like, using your own, like, electronic, like, Google Calendar. Um, just get, like, really, really kind of good at that. And then in terms of, like, me managing uni, I think it's, like, relatively self-explanatory, right? It's, like, I try and find the classes that were online. Like, I studied, a, like, I majored in marketing, so it's nothing like, not rocket science. Um, and so I was just doing like a part-time load, two subjects every term at UNSW, working full-time. And for me, I didn't find it was that bad because I still have a few nights every week that were free. I go catch up with a few mates and then weekends I kept relatively free as well. But um, one thing that I've learned is that like when it comes to acquiring skills, uh, like focus is like really key. Like I'm a big believer in like, you know, work really hard and then like rest. And work really hard and then rest rather than like I made the mistake when I was a bit younger of trying to juggle like, you know, four different things at once, like full-time work, like uni and then like societies and then like podcasts. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, but now I, I live like a pretty like simple uh, life, to be honest. Like I literally just like work, 
And then my, my, I post daily on LinkedIn, but I literally write that on the bus like every morning. And I'm already doing that because I go in the office every day anyways. And so it's like the habit stacking side of things. And you can find a lot of these like efficiencies, right? But um, generally, I, I live a pretty... Nowadays, I'm a big believer in like focus uh, and you just need to find like one thing to just like work on and really obsess over. And for me, that's like personally my my like work side of things, developing career capital there, but also just like, you know, building a personal brand on LinkedIn, things like that. So um, I think, yeah, when it comes to balancing like a really actionable thing, I'd, I'd say it's like really just use your Google calendar and like make it like your best friend um, as well. And just like know what you're doing like, this is where you need your inner type A to come out. Like, <laughs> know what you're going to be doing, like, one, two weeks from now and kind of, like, plan ahead when you know you're going to have, like, a busy period for uni, things like that um, as well. So, that's, like, a very actionable tip. But my, yeah, honestly, my, my really big recommendation, I think, would be like, just, like, work with, like, a bit of focus. And you'd be surprised, like, how quickly you can get, like, results, things like that. Mm. Mm. Um, because with your system of calendar blocking and we've heard about this idea of also time stacking, making sure things are done ahead of time, absolutely crucial for a student who has multiple subjects going on, part-time work. I was a victim like you, man, kind of multitasking society, part-time tutoring, doing three subjects a trimester, UNSW trimesters. So it was kind of full on. But then I used this idea of calendar blocking, but being very disciplined as well. There are little sacrifices that I might need to make, Is it whether it be leisure time or I can't you know, go to the gym on this day because as a student, I need a tutor. But I think about the reward towards the end. I did that uh, initiative or I did that particular activity you know, for, for that student or for that society that I was involved in. But you're absolutely right. I think being organized with calendar blocking one or two weeks in advance crucial skill and i don't see a lot of people do it it's just a bit upsetting to not you know not use your google <laughs> calendar that's free you know or even notion if people use notion use those yeah. tools because they are a really good roi on your you know your, the human condition or making sure you're feeling organized you know um but i have i, I have think, some more yeah. concrete tips actually oh yeah some more concrete yeah. ones concrete so for balance from the uni yeah. perspective uh yeah. i from a uni i'll keep this really quick because i got some other easy but um you can't see it but like, oh no, you can. This big Slightly. ass whiteboard. Slightly. And yeah. then you can't see it. There's like a really big like desk planner calendar. It's like, <laughs> get all your shit down on like physical spaces. Like That's what it. I used to do, like I'm a pretty big like systems thinker when it came to uni. I just like look at all my assessments with like the week before I start and then just work backwards. And so mm-hmm. I put it all in a physical calendar. So when I like ticked it off, I'd, I'd like visually, I'm like, fuck, I need to like hand this in in like a week. And Damn. then on this like, big whiteboard i'd basically kind of cut it by each of the subjects that i was doing and write a to-do list for each uni course um basically like on that whiteboard and so it's like every time i like wake up i'm in my room i'm like okay i need to do this um as well but then you can find the time like things like time blocking etc to actually do that but i think um the power of like uni especially just get like a lot of things just down uh on paper or like visually so you don't forget about it it's like it's all about just like final outcome working backwards from that with each assessment one of the smaller chunks as well mm, no that's fantastic i don't know if you can see my whiteboard too man i think we resonate with the same idea except i usually put a new <laughs> quote probably like every fortnight or every once a month a new quote for me to wake up to and be like this is something i want to want to follow and um usually i use notion as a calendar and i've been talking to people at work as well mm. about how calendar blocking and just using that as a tool it's a free tool people just don't know how to use it unfortunately or they may not be organized so thanks for sharing that ryan that is absolutely fantastic man um i just really wanted to quickly touch on one thing you just mentioned before i shifted over to naren um you talked about this idea of focus and um as a student it can be quite difficult when you're overwhelmed with different subjects difficulty could range from medium to really hard um, 
Um, could you just help us figure out what does focus look like for you? Like um, if you are in the zone for one hour doing work, um, how are you kind of making sure that you are actually being productive and generating results in your work rather than just using that time to think too much or, um, you know, fiddle with your pen or, you know, distractions on your screen through messenger or whatever. What does focus look like for you and how can a student listening to this adopt that mindset to be focused? Yeah. So I think, um, when it comes to focus, I'd say two things, uh, specifically, So I think one is be actually realistic with how much work you can get done. (laughs) Um, Realistically, each day you can probably get done like one big task and like a few small like 30-minute like brainless tasks. But you one like proper like chunk one. That's like really realistic. And even that's like work or like full-time uni. Um, And the second thing is to be really productive, I write my to-do list out like every single night um, before I wake up. And so just like orients, it's already in my mind. Okay, I need to do this, 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 this. And my brain's already kind of ticking over even when I'm sleeping. Uh, but like I love, I was talking about it earlier, but I love like Sunday nights and just working on Sunday nights because like it just sets your week up like so well. Uh, when you're planning, it's like, you know, what are the two to three really big chunks of work that like I really want to get done out of this week? And then from there, it's, you can kind of allocate that, you know, using things such as like time blocking, et cetera, around your meetings, around, you know, tutorials uh, and actually make sure you have that focus i think stress comes when like you like don't like allocate time for things <laughs> so like you know i even though i have like a really big assessment coming up in you know two weeks time back when i was in uni i'd be like cool uh i know it's coming up in two weeks time i know it's in my calendar that i'm doing it next weekend so i'm just not going to stress about it i'm not going to think about it like that's next weekend's thing instead of just like always thinking about it i think that's where like real focus kind of comes into it right it's like you should plan a lot beforehand and that allows you to kind of succeed. You're like, it's like point and shoot. Like you need to point yourself in the right direction. And then when you get to that day, you're just shooting. Like you can't do pointing and shooting in the same day um, as well. So I think that's when you unlock like the true focus is when it's like already pre-planned for you, doing your future self a favor, essentially. Please students remember this. All right. This is, this is something that we need to kind of adopt in terms of our behavior, right? Like being proactive with those first few steps. Like I'm going to get this done tonight. Like the, my to-do list that tomorrow I have a schedule that's planned out. I can wake up with intent or with the purpose. I know exactly what needs to be done because I know like even people that I've talked to recently, there might be some people who don't do those little activities. It's a small investment of your time, right? I assume probably it takes maybe 10, 15 minutes to kind of make sure it's, you know exactly what needs to be done from, let's say, 9 to 6 p.m. Um, and then the rest of the time could be with family or with your pet, whatever. But unfortunately, and the point of this podcast is to kind of create that communication channel for students who might not be aware of how to be more productive, how to kind of organize their life or just become better than yesterday, than the past. So a a bit of a spotlight there, Ryan, and I I really do appreciate some of those tips, even though some of them might be in terms of your behavioral trait, like how we can change our behavior to be more organized, more proactive, be taking more initiative. Uh, A lot of students just need to put in a bit of effort to think about how my future will look like if I make these small little changes in my little habits. And I think everyone should read Atomic Habits by James Clear as well, because a bit of those ideas are coming from there as well. But I really love what you're saying, Ryan. I'm going to pass it over to my co-host, Naren, um, to take away his questions. Yeah, guys, it's been so far, you guys have really talked about some great stuff, especially like, Ryan, what you mentioned about focus and, you know, how a really, you know, a big idea behind focus is just having a plan 
and being able to execute it, you know, because there's a, you know, there's like a quote I recently came across that I think, you know, very much fits what you were talking about, which is um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, which is like basically meaning, you know, do everything you can in that moment to plan, prepare, get yourself uh, ready two weeks, three weeks out from an assignment or a project that you know that needs to get done. Um, it's because, you know, in doing that, you're negating the um, possibility of, you know, failing and not being able to do the best that you can, right? So I really like that idea of focus. But um, my question, my first question revolves around your current role um, at Early Work, um, where, you know, we've mentioned a little bit about Early Work and what they've done. But, you know, just for a reminder for our listeners, you know, you guys have launched a success-based tech sale um, bootcamp, which you mentioned, Ryan, um, to the market and you know you can correct me or not you know on whether this stat is right but uh, you've received like over 300 applications roughly for your in you know for your cohort intake um, of early work um, academy where you're bringing in people to you know get into as you said land roles in tech um, so you know one thing that I found interesting uh, you know about early work and you know the boot camp was just understanding the approach that you guys take um, to make complex concepts like tech sales um, accessible to the general population, like to people that, you know, once upon a time never had anything to do with tech sales before, you know what? Yeah. Like what, what, what's the, what's the approach you guys take to, to kind of make it digestible for, you know, someone that's worked in a completely different industry that is, you know, now interested in tech sales. Yeah. So I'll I'll kick off the bat, like, yeah, basically placed 50 plus people in the last kind of six or so months. Um, Interesting enough, around like 40% of them have had like no business degree or like no business experience. Um, I think the secret to success, uh, especially when it's like a field that not many people traditionally kind of desire such go after, is yeah, it's a lot of like just human touch. Mm. Uh, A lot of it's like human touch, being like an authority, actually like knowing your stuff um, and being able to communicate that, that in like a very succinct way. And you ultimately want to like, the way that you make things a lot more accessible is like you can take a very like foreign concept and you can distill it into like a few key kind of concepts and help really to break it down and explain it to people. And that's when they start really believing that, you know, I can actually do this. It's like, oh, I've seen the social proof. I've seen the proof points. Like, wow, I can actually start doing this, right? Like this is something that's for me. And so there's like a few kind of key concepts that we break down. It's like on basically most calls, like anytime someone applies, like it's pretty heavy, high touch like process around, you know, initial call, initial kind of like interview, and then like a follow-up call after that to kind of decide if they want to do the program or not. And so I think overall to that process, we do send them a few like resources, things like that, but we're still really like ultimately guiding them to, you know, where do you want to go in five, 10 years from now and showing that like, tech sales is like, well, we're assuming that it is like per, like, you know, if it is, then it's like showing them that it's going to get them closer to that point. But um, yeah, I think we, with anything like to make things like more accessible at the end of the day is through like education and like actually taking the time to um, sit down and explain things to people in a way that they understand in the language they kind of speak. And so we use a lot of kind of like really kind of key concepts um, that we have to basically equip people to learn a bit more around, you know, what does career progression look like? Like, what does compensation look like? You know, what do you actually do in your day-to-day job? And like a lot of that, you just need someone to explain it to you. But not everyone has the network, right? Mm. So that's where we kind of come in uh, and just provide like that extra bit of like information there as well. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And I really like the point that you emphasize, you know, on human touch and just 
being able to be very uh, personalized with you know the, the the people that you're engaging with because you know through doing that you're of course going to build a stronger connection and you know that helps you better you know as you said distill you know there's you know very large foreign concepts in you know bite-sized chunks you know and you kind of uh, you're able to uh, i guess showcase the, the bigger picture in these uh you know smaller chapters you know essentially and and and, and having that personal connection very much um, enhances that process and makes it a lot easier which i completely understand and i think that's great and i love the point about social proof as well like you know set you know basically in those calls that you have those interviews you know you're making sure that you're you know providing resources you're providing some sort of um tangible evidence that you know this this is uh poss- this could possibly be a really big turning point for that specific ind- individual and here's the proof from um you know our 30 other applications that we had and you know here's where they are how this is how they got from point a to point b so i really think that um you know these elements that you've talked about are so crucial and you know you can apply it nearly everywhere but especially when you're trying to kind of build an audience or you're trying to engage with you know um, a specific target group i think um the personalization point is, is very key to that and um that's something i guess harry and i try and do through this podcast is you know with every guest we try you know to connect with with them through the questions that we ask of course but we try to maintain them in our network and hopefully you know meet in person and you know keep that that strong human connection for you know um, a long-term period um so you know that that was great and you know sticking with early work because you know the, the guy the things that you do uh you know amazing and i guess this next point really sells this idea of you know how early work is just an amazing amazing um, startup company but recently you know i saw on linkedin i think many people saw on linkedin that the company finally reached 10,000 followers which is crazy um because i i, I haven't seen many startups yet reach the 10,000 mark on linkedin um and so i just wanted to ask you know what do you think um predicated a lot of the success you know um you know in terms of audience growth um and and you know being able to of course acquire and then retain your followers on your page because you know for harry and i and for anyone that's kind of starting their own project and you know doing um you know something to do with you know building a brand one of the hardest things is building it you know in engaging you know audience a community and then retaining them you know keeping them in the pool so i wanted to ask about you know is there a, you know a go-to tip or you know something that you you really keep at the top of your mind when you're you know trying to acquire and kind of grow your audience is there something that you know you really have um that's i guess a central focus or point for achieving you know that really massive astronomical growth um for for you know personal brand or um yeah side project yeah so um i think the three social media channels that like I kind of spike the most in and grow I think is um, probably like LinkedIn uh, YouTube and TikTok uh, all of them are like different mechanics in the way that you grow but the single theme in terms of like consistently kind of gave it away but acquiring and like maintaining followers is like consistency across all platforms mm. um, for context like Grew the early work uh, TikTok account to like 500 followers in like 30 days, but I was posting every single day for three days, like three times a day. Whoa. <laughs> um, and so, quite a lot of quite a lot of work to get that up to speed. YouTube, it's the same. Like you got to be posting like every day. Mm. Um, 
LinkedIn, uh, I think a big part, when it, first and foremost, like when I joined, I already had like a pretty good start, but there are a few hacky things you can do on LinkedIn. Like we were hiring recently internally. And so when you list up a job, people just like follow your page. And so that's a bit of a hacky thing. Mm. Um, another hacky thing is like actually just inviting people and using your like page admin ones. That's a bit of like a hacky thing of like your connections and just inviting them to like the page. But I think like in terms of really sustainable growth, um, yeah, it's, when I joined, it was probably like four to five k like followers mm. around like a year ago, I'd say. Um, but literally since I've joined, and even since we brought on Ben, who's kind of taken over the socials for me, uh, we've posted like every single weekday for basically like a year now. Um, and so as I kind of go to the point around like consistency, you really want to be like basically posting like every single weekday, especially. So speaking of LinkedIn specifically, like post every single weekday, but have different kind of thematics that you go through. And so we have like three or four kind of content pillars that you always kind of focus on. Mm. And so with like early work, that's kind of changed and evolved as like, you know, Ben's brought on by like my kind of big ones that I brought in was, you know, doing a lot of things around like what we call like one minute hustle, which is just like interviewing like tech sales reps. And we found that was really useful in just getting our name out there because they would share it on their own personal profiles, right? And like mm. reach into their network. Um, I think another one was just around, you know, like tech sales, like education and shining more of a light towards that. And then there's things around, you know, company testimonials, like student testimonials. But I think when it comes to growing, you have to be really consistent on socials. Mm. And I'd say you have to post basically every day for like, one or two months before you even see like any big results but the the, the hack is like you want to create like series that uh like focus on it's like two things right like you want like a company uh side of things like v- virality gets you like reach mm-hmm. but like educational stuff gets you followers mm-hmm. and so when you post a lot of educational content you prep that you spend the time kind of earning that it's like you can tap into the virality by like someone looks at your page it's like i'm sure something's gone viral on tiktok or like even on linkedin and you look at their profile they're like what the fuck like what is this page yeah but then if you look at that person's page you, you see it come up and they're like oh, i'm gonna follow this guy like, this seems really interesting like got a lot of posts going on <laughs> and so it kind of earns you the right to be followed even though it's slightly lower reach but i think a real hack is like you always want to be focusing on like what i call like hub and spoke kind of tactics right and so you want to be looking at people that could tap into your kind of broader network that you're really after in terms of like your target audience yeah. and just like interviewing them. And so that's how I got the marketing insider, like followers page and LinkedIn without like any big social strategy, just simply reposting like the guests um, to like a thousand plus followers. I think uh, it was literally just cause like I probably interviewed over like the podcast newsletter website, literally like I'd say hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like you just imagine each of them do a post and do a reshare themselves that just expands your reach like so much, right? And everyone taps into their own network. Uh, and then especially if they visit your social page. And so I'd say like be really consistent, but um, really just always look for like strategies that allow you to like tap into other people's networks as that's where you get new reach um, as well. Like think about it, at the end of the day, like when you're posting on LinkedIn from company pages, you're just resurfacing that stuff to the people that are following you nowadays, at least. Um, and so you've got to rely on, you know, these like hub and spoke kind of tactics to propel you forward to like that next kind of next level. But I'd say definitely like anything when it comes to building a following, like consistency, you need to be posting like every day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like I've, I've definitely heard with some, I think YouTube is a, is a place that I've heard that concept of consistency a lot because you know you kind of go back to you know like um have you heard of ali ali abdal the productivity guru guy yeah yeah so if you go and look back at like his older videos apparently he was getting like zero to none views 
but because he was consistently uploading mm-hmm. and you kind of learn through that experience of like what works and what doesn't you then see that it you know over the long a long-term graph you see that like holy moly he's amassing followers really quickly you know later on in stage and i think that's a concept that a lot of people have to get familiar with because i think our brains are all wired to like you know instantly get gratification but like there's that concept of instant gratification and a lot of people you know are kind of drawn to being able to get rewarded as quickly as possible so when you're building a brand like you know whether it be early work or whether it be a podcast or a side project whatever it is i think that point of consistency is super important because it's, you're not just going to out of the blue be able to build that audience just like that you know it doesn't just happen um over over one night maybe it can happen if as you said viral um virality <laughs> plays a role you know if, if something is if something does go viral then hey um you you gain the followers but at the end of the day at a foundational level i think um yeah consistency plays a big role and i like the idea of having different thematics and i i guess a follow up question from that is if you were to kind of be general you know if you were to generalize some thematics that you you've seen really work you know across a a wide um variety of marketing you know it doesn't have to just be strictly you know used at early work or at a specific industry or company but what are some of the common thematics that people can use in order to really leverage the the idea of um uh i guess you can call it thematical marketing yeah so i was actually going to say i've like a really like good quote here that's on like my notebook my old notebook and it's actually like about um don't focus on like growing a following like focus on building something worth following uh and so the kind of conceptually like i'm a big believer that like for followers and even in my past experience like at least anecdotally i believe this to be true the way that you get followers is by providing like value like educating Mm. people um is the ultimate way that you build a following uh like obviously you know there are different kind of brands but you know generally like nine out of ten brands will you need to focus on like education adding value that kind of concept. And so when I think about like thematics, I always like bring it back to like getting very, very like, it's a like really beginner mistake in marketing to just think that like, I always ask people like, what's your target audience? And they say like everyone. And I'm like, it can't be everyone. Like <laughs> if anything, if I've learned anything, it's like the more niche, the better. Like mm. just like, if it's super, super niche, if it's like, you know, for the marketing inside, the mistake I made was like, I'm just going to cover like all marketers. And then it's like, if you build something for everyone, you build things for like no one. And so it's like, you know, I, I ended up over time niching it to like be very, very small, but like marketers in startups specifically. And that's where I saw a lot of engagements kind of happening. You want to serve like a very like specific community, like maybe 10 years ago, you could start really broad, but thematically, I always look at it as like very clearly defined, like and get as like specific as possible, like demographically who the person is like, and don't be afraid to like say no to like mm. other people. Because, like, when you really build something from the start, you think that, like, everyone would benefit from it. But the hack is, like, get very, very, like, specific, like, oddly specific. Like, you know, 18 to 21, like, lives in, you know, Western Sydney, I don't know, like, I don't know, goes to UNSW. Just, like, super, super, like, niche. Mm. Uh, And then you think about, like, what are three or four things and topics that they're thinking about right now that, like, from my perspective, I want to, one, be known for, but two, I can actually help them, like, add value. Yeah. And so, let's say, um, 
I don't know, like this podcast, for instance, right? Like if you get very, very specific in terms of like, you know, uni students, and then it's like which stage of uni student, like a first year uni student, last year uni student, or is a uni student in the middle? And you want to get very, very clear in terms of like, okay, what are three or four things that these people are like actively thinking about right now mm. that I can kind of help them with? Yeah. And so you kind of make your thematics off the back of that. So let's say you're targeting, you know, uh, graduates, such like a final year student. I think a big thing that they're thinking about is, you know, how do you approach like careers? Like how you, what are some good frameworks for you to approach careers? And then it's probably something around, you know, uh, like job searching. How do you ever like do that? And then there's always something around like time kind of like prioritization and management, right? And so you have like three very distinct pillars there mm. that you can just create content about and like post one thing about that like every single week. Yeah. Um, and like it's repetition and there's like the Gary V kind of phrase where it's like someone needs to see like something seven to ten times or something like that before they actually even engage and I'm sure there's many so many times in the past where you're just like oh I keep seeing this like brand pop up like I might as well check it out and then you check yeah. it out and you're like oh it's pretty sick and so you always want to just be like adding value that's my always been my approach um, think about like get very crystal clear on like who you're targeting and mm what ultimately would add value to them. Like what are three or four topics that add value to them? And so that's that's different across like all uh, different kinds of businesses and brands. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the idea that, that you presented there, the idea of, um, you know, building uh, a very uh, proper, yeah, a proper, you know, insight into who your true audience is and really digging deep into, you know, who it is you really want to target is, is super important. And, um, I, and I really got that picture when you, you know, you broke, you know, our podcast down into, a, you know, a very niche group of people and then figuring out, okay, what are those students? Um, what are they looking for? What are their interests at that point in time? And then producing content, uh, along those lines. And I think that's great. And, um, you know, I, the only hurdle that I can think of is, is time. Like a lot of people will put, um, you know, something on, you know, the fact that, oh, I don't have enough time to produce this much content. And this is something I'll be honest about. I've done it with, you know, the Brightness on Leash podcast because I really want to produce more and more content, but it's like time, time, because it's, you know, it's a side, it's a something we do as a side project. You know, we have so many other things going on in our life. Um, and you know, you, you, of course know, Ryan, how hard it is to edit a podcast episode my god it takes forever but the, the point is that yes i think consistency and being really um being really you know uh i guess uh niche with with who you're you're targeting and who you really want to sell your service to and the, the value that you're generating for that individual is super important and a great way to get there is by sitting down and really trying to break down like into bite-sized chunks you know um who yeah who are we who are we really targeting here and who who do we really want to uh, add value for so i think that the, that that's that's a great way of putting it ryan and i have one more question before i you know throw it back to harry and this one i guess goes along the idea of you know you've built um various different portfolios of learning experiences from law part to you know your fantastic delivery of the marketing insider that you've talked a little bit about here tonight um, and now, of course, working at early work. So I think uh, a great question to ask someone like you is, you know, that, you know, trying to understand, I guess, the, the foundation or the methodology when it comes to capturing, learning, retaining and applying new knowledge in order to help boost your learning potential within different roles. Because, you know, something I've taken away already from talking to you, Ryan, 
is that, yeah, you've been in various different um, experiences, you've had various different experiences, and uh, you've, you know, led very multifaceted roles. So it's interesting to just learn about how you absorb um, and, and learn from those various experiences and how do you kind of put things together. Yeah, yeah. No, I love this topic. Um, I kind of just call it like downloading. You've got to download all the time. Now you've got to download and upload, actually. Just don't download all the time. It's not good to download all the time. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like two things. Uh, one, I think just innately, though, is like a human slash one of my better strengths is that like I learn things and pick things up pretty quickly. And I think that's mm. kind of from like my personality type. I'm quite a big like systems thinker. Like I like to look at something and just be like, cool, how can I break that down into smaller chunks? And I guess so, like, the, the concept there is, like, it's, like, chunking. Yeah. Um, which I, th- I swear I've read somewhere. I don't know. It's probably in, like, a book somewhere. Um, but, like, the concept of chunking, like, any time I, like, I, I didn't like, I didn't come out, you know, and born, I was, like, I love marketing and, like, I love doing all this, like, stuff. I always, like, any time I'm faced with something and, you know, sometimes I over-index and do it too much. But uh, I, I always look at, like, something... And I was like, what's like a mental model that I can make? Like, how can I break this into smaller chunks that, you know, um, how can I break this into smaller chunks that, you know, I can really easily understand and easily like teach people. Mm. And so what's like a a good example is just like, you know, learning paid ads. Like the best way to chunk that is understanding like the different, uh, you know, concepts of what actually makes up like an account. And so you start off, you have like your, you know, overall campaign and a, you have like your account and then you have your campaign and then you have your ad group. And then for Google ads, you have like your keywords. Right. And at the keyword level and in the ad group level, you have your copy. Mm-hmm. Another good example is literally social media. Mm-hmm. Like I've just figured out such a good way of just like growing followings and like getting a really consistent way because I've just spent the time, index a lot of time. I do a lot of research in terms of like YouTube and go very deep into topics when I'm really interested in them. And I'm like, cool, for socials, and that's how I came across, you know, the three-pillar thing. Mm. That's how I came across, you know, the thematics and, like, adding value. And so I've always kind of gone for that approach. Like, I'm a really big believer in, like, you know, in terms of capturing, I guess, and, like, learning and retaining things. Like, ultimately find a style that works for you, but I think the style that works best for me is I love just, like, looking at something and breaking it into smaller chunks, and that's why I like sports so much as well. Because I can Mm -hmm. look at each each sport's, now, like, each sport in and of itself is just like so interesting and I just break that down into like each team and then each team it's like each position and then I learn all the players names in each position and then I like just go from there and go from like, one sport to another sport to another sport like I just love like doing that yeah and so that's that's one of my like funny like quirks I just go really deep into things but I, I like thinking about like things in that way like I hate like not understanding something so that's that the other thing in terms of like the application and learning uh, I, I would say like uh, you can build the mental model, mm. but the best way that you actually like that mental model changes, like as soon as you start doing it. Yeah. Um, and so you get learnings like on the go. And so like a lot of things I think around the retaining, uh, it's actually just around like immediate application. Yeah. And so I think like I- I've gotten much better now at like, like these two always, it's like the right amount of both. Like these two always kind of clash in my mind, but I think I've gotten better at kind of like the other part, which is like, as soon as you learn something, like learn something like just enough to apply it immediately. Like for instance, I never read books like cover to cover. Like mm. I just read chapters of books yeah. that I need. Yeah. And that's how I retain it. Cause I'm like, cool. What am I struggling with at the moment? You know, I'm struggling with, uh, you know, like career outlook. Right. And that's how I came across, um, 
you know, so good you so good they can't ignore you. And then I picked up so good they can't ignore you. And I just looked at like here, are like you know, three chapters I want to read, and I just read those three chapters. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the just in like it's like the just in time sort of variation, yeah. Where it's like you have the you, you learn like just enough that you applied in that specific instance, but like that's that's one approach. That's in terms of like applying it, and that's the stuff that I main, retain the most. But I love like. It's like mental models of things. Like I love just like even like small things. Like I just love looking at like maps. I love looking at like <laughs> like cities and just being like, what are the different regions and then naming all those regions. It's like what are the boroughs of like New York. I just like love looking at that stuff for some reason. So um, that's just how <laughs> this is how I'm my quirk, I guess, in terms of how I'm wired. But I mean, the two things it's like capturing and learning it. I think ultimately it's like look at a big kind of concept. And do a lot of like like rapid research to actually form your own mental model that you'd be able to like explain it to someone mm. and break it into smaller chunks. And then the other piece is just around like just like learning for the sake of application into like existing problems that you have in your life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the best way to like ultimately kind of retain and capture mm. um, for, for both of them. Yeah, I think uh, that last point on the learning and applying is, is so true. Uh, I recently saw something on LinkedIn that very much stressed the idea of, you know, if you're going to spend an hour learning, you then need to spend like an equal amount of time applying. And a great way to do that is, as you said, is try and find, um, I guess, loopholes or areas where you, you know you need improvement in whatever aspect of life and then try and find the resources like through rapid research where, you know, as for you, Ryan, you've, you came across a book that would, you know, very much help you um, in the area of career progression, right? So I think uh, that's something I want to, I want to, I want to start doing myself, like the idea of reading, you know, a, a book, not from cover to cover. I don't know why, but I've, it's been instilled in me to read cover to cover. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I swear the author at the start of every, you know, self-development book is like, you should read this from cover to cover. Don't skip any chapters. Um, but then when I talk, when I listen to really like successful people, um, people that have done some great stuff like yourself, they always say the same thing, which is like read bits of the book, the, the actual you know things that will actually very much relate to to what you're currently experiencing, you know, current circumstances, and then that allows you to, as you said, um, kind of cr- crush together the ideas of retaining and capturing at the at the same time simultaneously. So I really like that that um, that idea that you presented, and also mental models. Um, I first ex- got exposed to those through a book by Naval Ravikant. I think the Almanac, right? The Almanac mm. Naval Ravikant. That he goes on to talk about all these different mental models. You remind me of him, Ryan, because he goes on to talk about like at least twenty different <laughs> mental models he uses in order to uh, you know digest the various different aspects of life, which is so cool. But like, I, I guess I, I, I would love to ask a follow-up question, but I'm wary of time. But a quick follow-up question would be, um, when, when it, you come, you know, when you're thinking about building a mental model, is there, you know, is there a way to go about it? Because I don't think I necessarily have a mental model right now. And you're very, like, from what you've just said, right, you're very analytical, you're a deep thinker. Um, it's, it's so obvious, like, you really love to get to the nitty-gritty stuff which is so cool. But when you're building out those mental models, is there, um, is there a way you go about it? Like, is there an example you can give us or something to kind of just provide some substance to, to, to what it really is? Yeah. Like I always try and find like the 
big thematics that like professionals always talk about mm. um so like the way that i usually start that process i'm like oh i don't really okay like a good one that i've been like really sinking into recently it's like classic just like like early 20s dude behavior but like looking into like investment properties right like mm. <clears throat> that in of itself is like a whole like can of worms and how i kind of approached it was like okay cool i need like something to just like get my head started in terms of thinking about a mental model. So I rely on like a professional's one and I look at another one. So this guy, this guy, fucking Glenn James, like Mm -hmm. my millennial money. I ended up just buying his book. Best money I've ever spent. But he's got like a whole like 40 page chapter just on like property investment. And I just read that. And then I just put it made like, like a lot of notes on it in like notion, Mm -hmm. but I like kind of structured all the headings in the way that he was structuring thinking about like investment property right it's like Mm. the steps that you need to take investment property what is like negative gearing Mm. like you know what are the different like you know mortgage strategies and different products you can go for and so now my like good mental model of like investment properties is overall like i've a few kind of thematics in my mind now that are like key kind of sub buckets under each of them and so i'm like cool you know here are like the different steps that i need to you know, buy an investment property. Here are things I need to know about like investment property and like the strategy for it. Here are things to know about, you know, how I can use that from like a, a tax perspective or like financial perspective. What a boring example. I'm trying to find another one. But I think overall, like when I kick off like the mental model, when I get to the crux of it, and this might not be like an exact like definition of it, but at least my version and interpretation of it is like, how can you break a really like, big overarching concept Mm -hmm. into like smaller sub buckets yeah and like the best way to do that is just like read things online talk to people better understand like what that actually looks like in terms of the field and so that's like overall what i did when i was even like you know at some point tossing up you know whether i should go into like a creative agency Mm. and so i just like you know basically cold linkedin dm like a bunch of people yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, can you walk me through what are the, like, my, ven- my mental model? I was like, I want to get a mental model of, like, what the entry level pathways are and what the different departments are in a creative yeah. agency. I did a bit of research and I just talked to a bunch of people and they're like, you know, they're like account directors, you know, like in like business development sort of space. They're like planners and strategy. They're like creatives, which is like copywriting and like arts. And then they're like operations and mm-hmm. there's like a production. I just built like a really good mental model now of like, what a creative agency looks like. And even though I didn't get into that, I think the the best like way is the, the mindset you always have to approach, like making these things is how mm-hmm. can I kind of break this really big concept into smaller chunks that like I can already grasp based off what I know. And the best way to do that is like ultimately, you know, researching online, talking to people mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately like kind of gathering those insights from like their perspective. And when you see like a few kind of different people and a few professionals saying the same things over and over, that's when you know you've kind of like stumbled onto yeah. like a pretty good kind of like understanding slash mental model of like how it all works, right? So yeah. um, that's overall that. The investment property one was super boring, but it's just been what's like top of mind recently. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think it's like, I generally take that approach with like a lot of, um, a lot of things like yeah. <laughs> strangely. Uh, but I just, I love like just when I, uh, like a like a concept and yeah. it's just like breaking it down that's um, so and then cool. talking to people to kind of like validate that. Yeah. That's seriously, that's, that is so cool that that's somehow an inherent innate part of what you do. It's just, a bodily function like a normal bodily function that i i i i've never done that in my life i've never looked at things that deep and i 
I think the investing uh, example is a is a it's not a boring one because it's something that I think a lot of people as you know as they're approaching the end of you know their um, you know end of their uni um, uni degree and they're wrapping it up and trying to you know secure full time work. The next question is you know property. So I think uh, giving that example is great because a lot of listeners can really now see of you know how to get more familiar with you know understanding something like buying your first investment property, let alone buying your first. Um, your first uh, primary primary house so um i think yeah i think the, the the big picture there is definitely the idea of learning to break things down um and and doing it so in a way that you know it's complementary to you know um finding finding the big themes the big pictures and then you know building small chapters that's i think a great way of seeing it um, but yeah, really good stuff there, Ryan. I think a lot to take on from those three questions. But now, I'll quickly pass it to Harry to slowly wrap up with his last few questions. Yep, thanks, Darren. It's been so far really insightful, really captivating in terms of Ryan's insights into. I, I love the idea of kind of having this big bubble and then you break it down into smaller fragments for someone easy to understand, like the Feynman technique, similar to that, uh, speaking to like, you know, a three, four-year-old on what property investing is. So um, fantastic stuff, Ryan. I just want to wrap it up with one final question before we enter our rapid three round. And I think this is more uh, allocated for, you know, all the students that we have uh, kind of who listen to this, especially we have a lot of younger students, first year, second year, who have just started university. We also have a bit of a few people who are also kind of finishing up uni this year and about to hopefully hit the workforce, whether that be in the startup world, corporate world, start their own business, um, ultimately to their choice. But we were just wondering from your perspective, Ryan, um, if you had to create like a toolbox, a universal toolbox that had particular soft skills or technical skills, and you've already alluded to one of the best skills ever, this idea of mental modeling and breaking down complex items or massive items into smaller chunks, as you said today, um, that could be one of the skills in that toolbox. But also, um, is there anything else do you feel a lot of the younger generation like us in our early 20s or just finishing high school, stepping into uni, are there skills that we really need to feel like, yep, these are potent in my life. I need them in terms of uh, my career development, teaching this to others to become a better future leader one day, running my own business. Do you know particular skills that you feel are so um, vital towards your own human development? And if you do have a list, we would love to hear anything that you feel is so crucial. Oh, mate, where do I start? Um... Oh, so there's like a few ways of approaching this. I'll, no, I'll list out. I have a mental model for this as well, but I'll, I'll list out like <laughs> just like a few, a few like uh, a few kind of tool tools in like the the toolbox that I think are like super valuable. Yeah. Um, I, I'll take these mostly under the lens of like I think uh, like soft skills and, and what a, what that kind of looks like. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to like a, a tool belt, like universally, regardless of whatever career you kind of go down, I think it's like one is just like actually just having really good like people skills. Um, like the, the best thing that like I ever like learned was like probably I have like to take away like two chapters of like how to win friends and influence people. It's actually like a good book, like a, take the piss out of it for like self-development stuff. But it's actually like a pretty good book. I think it's like fundamentally probably changed my life in a lot of ways. I was actually funnily enough, quite like an introverted and quite like a shy person uh, when I was still in high school. Don't know what's happened now, but I think it's like from people skills level, learn to like always give off like good, like 
or like, I think these are two separate ones. One is just like giving off like good energy, like just all the time. Like, don't be like, oh yeah, like, you know, just, just lying. Like, just like give off like good energy, just like smile more. Like it's genuinely like good, like people like you more. And it's like, <laughs> it's like laugh, even if stuff's not funny, just laugh, people like it. Like you don't need to be so serious all the time. I think like another one is just like on a people skill angle, the secret to kind of like making friends and making people like you is like making them talk about themselves. It's like being interested It's like versus being interesting. Like the way that like you can walk away from a conversation uh, having like they, that other person spoke 80%, you spoke 20% and they'll like love you. They'll be like, wow, that was such a good conversation. Like I love that guy. He's like so good. And so on that other note of like people skills though, I think the big three and the third one is just like stop like invalidating people and trying to like one up people all the time. It's like when someone tells you, oh, I want to do this and then you're like, I already did it. It's like so, so boring, man. Like, it's so boring. And you're just like, well, thanks, bro. Like, you always, like, I've just learned that, like, a really good people skill is overall, like, even no matter how dumb the idea is, like, always entertain it. Like, never answer things, like, literally, unless someone is actually, like, asking you for, like, a literal answer. But nine times out of ten, like, your mate is not asking you for a literal answer. It's like, oh, do you, what do you think if I did this? Like, just entertain it. It's not, it's not that deep, bro. It's like, what if we, like, launched a rocket? I'm like, man, that'd be so cool. Like, let's go launch a rocket. Like, let's do it. And it's just, like, those three things, I'd say, are, like, super, like, key, right? Like, you overall just, like, have, like, pretty good energy. And, like, you don't have to, like, fake it all the time. But, like, just, like, smile more. Like, just, just be good to be around. It's good vibes. And then you ultimately want to be, like, I feel just, like, asking a lot of really good questions. The way to make conversation isn't to, like, be really interesting. It's just, like, be interested genuinely in the other person. And then I think, like, the final one is just around like stop like one-upping people like so, like just just like i always entertain shit like generally the rest will like figure itself out like i think there's such an advantage of being like a people person in this world it's like not funny because i think i'm a very big believer and like that's why i index a lot in terms of like connection uh, and like why it's like you know focus on building skills and focus on building connections connections and people are like what unlock like the biggest like step change growth in terms of your life like I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't know, you know, X person. Like, for example, working at early work, like, if I wasn't open-minded enough to, like, go message Dan on, like, LinkedIn and then actually listen to him, like, cultivate that relationship and friendship, I wouldn't even have, like, known that early work was, like, hiring, right? It's, like, people just, like, and how I even found out about tech and startups was, like, I just made friends with, like, people and they were, like, working in the space. And I was, like, oh, seems pretty cool. And so I'm a big proponent that like, you can't go wrong just like meeting people, especially when you're like, you know, in your twenties. And so I just really focus on like tool belt wise, building those like three big skills. Like they're just very like important. Um, and it's good to be like, it's good to be liked. <laughs> There's a difference between people pleasing and people liking you. The two very different mm. things um, as well. But it's, it's just good to have like, I, I just really index on like those three as being like a big tool belt. There are obviously other skills, but I think like you can't go wrong if you just do those three. Like I think you'll go far in life. Now, I think you're alluding a bit to also Dale Carnegie's book, you know, um, I think it's how to win friends and influence people yeah, exactly. in terms of like being interested rather interesting. I love that idea as well, man. I think it's really important to place value in others rather than you always kind of talking, even though it's kind of vice versa, like them talking a lot 80% of the time and you're kind of only doing 20% of the time. Um, you want to make sure that the other person really feels heard. They're really, you're really welcoming that person's opinions and absolutely preach that every single day. And even when you talk to clients or even good friends, 
and talk about how the day is going and really showing a genuine interest in their life and wanting to help them at the end of the day fantastic and i think that's a a, a way of kind of bridging people together at the end of the day you know whether you're forming new connections rebuilding an old one it's it's a it's an incredible way of doing that so Ryan, I think it's been fantastic in terms of those key insights and your experiences being really lived ones. And I, I hope that students who are you know, in university right now really take away some of those potent pieces of advice that you've shared with us. I really want to kind of finish off this podcast with just three quick questions, rapid questions. So you can just spend maybe up to 30 seconds uh, for each one, dude. And I know this podcast has been awesome so far, man. We've gone over the one hour mark, but it's just been so in-depth and just so lovely to hear your thoughts, man. So it's been an honor to interview you, man. Um, Let's just get right away with the rapid three. Our first one is just a life lesson, whether it be through an unexpected situation or a funny time in your life where something (laughs) a lesson that you kind of learned and it just switched your mind it could be similar to that aha moment that you said at the very beginning of our podcast but just any lesson that you feel ryan that really turned your behavior or your human values into a better person was there any time that happened yeah i think it's um oh there it's so many but i think like the most prominent one for me that i think had like the biggest profound impact was when i was like 17 like solo traveled mm-hmm. kind of europe for two months and i think it just taught me a lot around like mindset wise it's okay you just like always just follow like you can't go wrong with just like following your curiosity and like where that kind of takes you um that was pretty unexpected because i think like before then i was quite a quiet guy and like didn't really do that much that was spontaneous like i planned a lot of my life and then i went on that solo travel trip and i was like what am i doing like why am i planning so much like just take a chill and then i in turn like brought that kind of back to australia with me and i've just kind of always applied that mindset that's it's evolved over time but i think um the unexpected life lesson was like just always follow wherever you feel as though you're like most curious at the moment and you can't go wrong and you just like trust that the people that you meet you know the experiences that you have like open up those doors for you and like always optimize for like that optionality uh, aspect interesting interesting um as a follow-on to that because you talk a lot about curiosity unleashing new parts new avenues in life um what does success mean to you it varies from person to person but um tell us what success means to you ultimately yeah i actually just say like i actually answered this question a few weeks ago oh, um, nice. <laughs> I have different thoughts but Success, uh, I think for me, still to this current point in time, I don't think it's like a set state, such a goal. I think it's just like a emotion um, that you just kind of feel. At the moment, I would say I feel like relatively successful. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I generally feel as though my definition says is like to look at my calendar for the next day and like actually feel like I want to go to bed. Like <laughs> uh, is, is generally my definition says. That's like a very like, privileged thing to say, I realize, but um at least for me i think that's that's my definition of success it's like doing things that make me feel right make me feel excited to always be like living always be adventuring that kind of thing absolutely right and something that Nari and i both need to resonate with more often in terms of waking up the next day being like this is what i want to do f- for the rest of my life um or it's a change that you you're willing to make right now go do it just follow the nike slogan just do it and you know you're kind of making sure that you feel a sense of fulfillment where you're like i did that job i did that uh initiative i really was proactive in the way i sought out my google calendar whatever it is i think those small wins lead to ultimate gains in life and whether it be a career transition or just changing who you are 
It's fantastic. So 100% resonate with that, Ryan. Um, with our final one, man, uh, for the night, uh, we've talked about how to win friends and influence people. We've talked about your investing book that you really like sort your money out. Um, it's been incredible to hear some of those, the, the new one. I never heard of that one for in terms of financial literacy. But um, are there any recommended articles, books, or resources that current university students can kind of leverage on to kind of reshape themselves uh, for tomorrow and just become a better human every single day? Was there anything that you read that you would like to shout out? Uh, but I have, I have a mental model for this, but anyways, I'm just going to throw out some books <laughs> mental model for instead everything. of going running you through the running you through the whole mental model. But um, no, I, I think uh, I actually don't read that much. <laughs> like I actually, I should probably read more, but um, I, I actually don't read that much. Like probably the you've really meant the three probably the last three books that I've read are probably like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, like sort your money out and get invested and, and like <laughs> it's so good they can't ignore you for the last three books and like I read those at three like very specific points in my life um, and so like touching back on that point in terms of, like application I think it's like don't just like download and like download yeah. content for the sake of it like more less downloading when you're young more uploading mm-hmm. so like don't information paralyze yourself like what are some specific problems that like you're dealing with in your life right now and like what kind of books and resources can get you closer to that uh, an answer in like a quicker amount of time. And so I think most people kind of deal with things around finances. So I'd recommend that like, you know, sort your, sort your money book out. Psychology of money is really good as well. Um, pretty like traditional kind of self-development book. But um, I think apart from that, from like a career standpoint, you can't go wrong with like Cal Newport. Um, the, an opposing approach is also like Ikigai like a career mm-hmm. um, but I think generally like yeah and the people skills like I would actually just recommend everyone read like how to influence and influence people um, it's a mental model there you go just right there just rattled it off like people 100%. skills career and money so that's it <laughs> there you you, go. you've given us all the buckets that's, now it's uh, our job to kind of narrow it down and be like alright under <laughs> each bucket here we go it's going to go up on a massive A3 paper I'm going to write out the whole thing ah oh, man yeah Ryan, now you realise why play, I love man. my whiteboard so much <laughs> <laughs> we're whiteboard twins man whiteboard twins look at this and Naren yeah. also has a whiteboard in his room it's just not on camera but whiteboards we're going back to primary school with the you know the text with the textures and everything and just making sure it's colour coordinated but <laughs> Ryan mate it's been an absolute pleasure we've gone over time but for good reasons dude and I just want to say on behalf of Naren as well it's been an ultimate pleasure to have someone like you so bright so curious about their own life helping others as well we are so grateful to have you on the podcast bright unleashed we are wishing you all the very best on your journey and we're definitely going to stay in touch thank you so much Ryan. thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series we hope you have taken some key insights that can help activate your personal growth and maximize your potential please share this with others who may be interested and review this episode if you found it to be useful follow us on linkedin by typing in brightness unleashed in the search bar to stay updated with future content thank you and have a great day